Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply it's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show College Days with me, Nat Coombs, and him, Ben Isaacs, and still, Ben, no intro stab jingly thing for College Days. Disappointing. No, I mean, I think we can put this firmly at the feet of Ollie, the producer, yep. um, taking his eye off the ball. Um, not for the first time. Not for the, not for the first time. And, you know, although we can't claim to be, claim to have the history of, say, an Alabama True. Or in Ohio State, I feel we are one of these upstart programs that is going to force its way into the playoffs. So mm-hmm. he's got to be—he's got to be on it. Yeah, I, I think it's what the fans demand. Like all college fans, they are raucous and demanding, and they want more. If we were an upstart college program, I would want to have blue turf like Boise State. Oh, yeah, you've got to make a statement. You've got to make a statement. Um, I mean, I was thinking of us as like uh, like a, a UCF or. Mm. Um, I basically, I like these smaller Florida schools where they basically go around. They're like, look, we're going to have so much fun. Yeah. Just come here. It's going to be so much fun. You might play a bit of football, but it's... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's kind of secondary, but we're going to have a hell of a lot of fun. On that note, uh, I was thinking in light of the whole Urban Meyer situation of the great uh, 80s movie Back to School with uh, <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield. Robert Downey, I believe, is in it. It's Robert Downey, I think, is in Back to School. Where uh, if listeners who haven't caught this slice of uh, celluloid heaven uh, Rodney Dangerfield who uh, some of you might remember from the great Caddyshack movie of course who was uh, 
um, a brazen, no nonsense stand up who fell into Hollywood latterly. And this was one of uh, a vehicle sort of built around him, I think, after he'd had a bit of success, plays a very uh, a self-made millionaire who had never been to college and decides that he wants to go to college and enrolls in his son's college. Yes. Um, And because he's loaded, he's throwing parties everywhere. It's the film where there's the great line where they're in some bar and the waitress comes over and he says, bring us a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till one of us passes out, then make it every four minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And that was, that was filmed at the university of Wisconsin. So if you're someone who, you know, if, I, I feel you can enjoy college football without attaching yourself to a team. You can just watch it as just a massive smorgasbord of amazing games and the players you're going to start watching on Sundays. But if you're going to if you're going to pick a team, you know, go for some random reason. Maybe it's maybe it's the the team that your NFL team that that the state that that's in. Like if you're a Browns or Bengals fan, maybe you want to go Ohio State or love something it, yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's somewhere you would just like to go and visit. Or maybe if you love this film, then. University of Wisconsin. Wisconsin. If you're a danger field, I'd go check it out. Anyway, I mentioned it because I think we should reboot it. Uh, as so many films made in Hollywood are now, just reboots of, of classics. Uh, maybe <laughs> a bit. It's a classic in our books. We could do a whole episode of Rodney Dangerfield because he's fascinating. We need to do a whole episode of Dangerfield. I think so. In fact, uh, Tom Price, comedian and, uh, and radio host, uh, was, uh, only chatted to me on WhatsApp the other day about wanting to do a whole Friday Night Lights special. I might want oh. you in for that, Ben. We might have oh. a Friday Night Lights roundtable. How does that sound yeah i am 100 in love that uh let's get a reboot of back to school with urban my <laughs> jacksonville gig uh that's where that's where i think that's what i think you should do i think you're going to enroll in his son's son's college uh, hey listen we've got some questions from the mailbag they come in on the nc show twitter handle which were sent in for the a preview show which you and i did as well as a week six preview show which is uh out now uh so just check it in your podcast of choice if you haven't heard it already if, if you subscribe to the show they'll automatically be dropped into you so do that if you haven't yet already uh, uh a couple of questions i think we can wheel into college days ben because they mm. relate to rookies fundamentally and i think that kind of that's fair enough because they were in this year's draft class and uh you'd be interested to get your take on that so we'll try and stick a few of those okay. in. also going to get into some of the key games to watch this weekend. There are three that Ben has picked out to watch uh, courtesy of ESPN Player or ESPN BT Sport. Uh, that is where you get your college football if you're listening to us in the UK, which I think the majority of you are. Uh, but we're going to lead off as we do each and every episode of College Days by picking out a few players that are garnering a lot of attention right now, quite frankly, in the college game. And therefore, we expect them to be high round draft picks in the 2022 draft, which means uh, they could be a player that your team is looking at. So to get you up to speed, to sharpen, sharpen your intel on players that are going to be NFL ready and NFL bound uh, come the draft and therefore next season. Uh, And this time around, we're looking at the defense and in particular, the secondary. Uh, So my first question, Ben, looking at the shortlist you've sent over to me, four of the five names are corners, right? So, Is this as strong or even stronger cornerback class than than the year we've just had? Um, I think I think it probably is. And do you know what? So I'm I vote in uh, in a kind of UK uh, poll. As you know, the, the in college football there is a 
there were polls. That's how that's how people pick who are the best teams. It's a poll rather than the, the standings. And myself and other uh, college football experts, we vote in a poll that comes out every week. And I was chatting with them on kind of Twitter DMs as I was traveling on a train on Saturday. And people were talking about how quarterbacks keep getting overrated in the draft, which is obviously a, a common complaint that mm. an average quarterback will just get their stock bumped higher. And it got me thinking that I think within a few years, this is going to happen to cornerbacks because cornerbacks are going to be at such a premium. Like to me, that is the that is the way you have to defend against an elite quarterback. More so than the pass rush now, it has got to be those corners. And I think they are getting better, but they are getting more scrutinized. And it's going to be a point where you you have to have one. You, you know, you will need an elite cornerback or a quote unquote elite cornerback. So it's going to start being a little bit harder to judge them because I think they're going to get hyped up almost mm. to the point of, of the quarterbacks. But yes, these are mostly corners here. It's a great point. And, and just to extend this, we talked a bit about uh, acclimatization in, in terms of positional distinction. So which positions find it easier to hit the ground running and, and why and, and how that's changed over over the years with most typical defensive looks now that are often having a nickel, uh, you know, on the field, uh, certainly looking at a roster of having real strength and depth in that position. How is that going to impact the draft process? So in other words, I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to get to here is you look at a player that you think uh, is, perhaps not necessarily the strongest in uh, in his position. So he's going to start and be one of your leading corners. But you think, well, there is that gives us a real edge if I'm bringing him on as my number three, then are those players going to be overly valued or, or extra valued as well? Because I guess what I'm saying here is strength in depth in the corner position is never going to be more important over the next 10 years in the NFL. Yeah. And that's, and that's something I agree with hundred percent. These players, because you've got to have that depth, all of a sudden their earning potential has skyrocketed, not just when they're getting their second contracts, but when it comes to that draft order. And there, there are certain, there are certain areas that, are considered, you know, premium positions in the NFL and it changes over time. Mm. You know, there'd have been a time where, oh, you've got to have a blocking fullback, but, you know, nobody's thinking that anymore. And, you know, a left tackle is still going to be vitally important, but depth in the secondary is going to be kind of one of the trends that we're going to see, I think, over the next decade. And you're going to have to have a bunch of guys. Super quick follow-up on that. You mentioned left tackle and we've talked about you draft a left tackle it's not a massive gamble, even if it's a little bit underwhelming, if they don't work out as a blindside tackle, because you can flip into the right and even further down the line if you need to. So you can almost certainly get a serviceable career as a starter out of a player that you draft at left tackle in, in principle, right? Does that apply with corners as well? And I know there's a distinction if you're playing in the nickel as opposed to not, but if you're drafting a player that you think is going to be a, a shutdown corner you're going to put on the opposition's number one receiver. He doesn't turn out to be that kind of player, but he ends up as your nickel. D does it work like, is it as a similar comparison? Do you feel? I, I don't think it's quite, I don't think it's quite the same. It's, it's, it's a good comparison. I just don't think it will be valued as, as highly. You might get some cornerbacks who at the NFL level, it's decided, you know what? You're better as a safety. And instead of just being kind of in the, in the man coverage, just, 
instead do safety things be 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 the next tyron matthew that sort of thing i mean you know if you can get the next tyron matthew then you know more power to you yeah Yeah. um but i think that's the sort of thing that we could see happening that kind of that kind of shuffle all right five names for you then let's start i'm going to do them in the order you've sent them to me ben i'm not sure if there is any logic to the order in particular or uh, it's kind of it's kind of my order on how much i i i like them slash how how in demand they're going to be right okay so we'll start with the safety then after spending 15 minutes talking about cornerbacks (laughs) let's go (laughs) let's go with kyle hamilton notre dame safety tell us about kyle um big guy he's very kind of he's very smooth with his with his movements very intelligent sees the field so well he's quick he's physical i think if you were stuck and you had to play him a corner you would but i think you like the, the physical aspect that he brings um as a safety he's got very long legs and sometimes that can be a little bit ungainly when he's chasing after someone um it's sometimes when i've seen him make a kind of quick cut he seems to lose a bit more speed than than you would like but i think that's something that can get worked on in technique um he's generally a good tackler but sometimes he really wants to lay a hit on someone and sometimes you just want him you just want him wrapped up you don't necessarily need the highlights hit but i think he's going to work is he very kind of well jonathan abraham style and that respect? yeah that's that's yeah. not a bad comparison actually okay. yeah yeah yeah. all right so he sounds promising and you reckon what first rounder oh yeah I, everyone i've mentioned 10? here i expect to be top 20 i Ooh. could easily imagine them all going top 20 if they continue um to have such high draft stock Okay, so Kyle Hamilton leads off. Now, Derek Stingley, uh, the LSU corner, somebody we've talked about uh, before on the show, early doors, I recall, but he's banged up, right? How serious is his injury? To the point where he might not play college football again. Because LSU are an absolute dumpster fire right now. This is a team that won the national championship a couple of years ago in one of the greatest, greatest college football teams ever. And they've really fallen back down to earth. Probably around the time that he he decided to pledge for them (laughs) (laughs) not expecting what was going to happen. Um, So he was, he was fantastic in 2019. Um, I mean, they, uh, the LSU won the national championship and he was a key player on defense as a freshman there. You know, he, he hits hard, he makes interceptions and then he wasn't great last season, but everyone's, everyone feels like the 2019 tape is more accurate that, 2020 you they didn't play as many games they didn't have they didn't have the preseason yada 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 and he's clearly very talented but this season we thought okay we're gonna see we're gonna see 2019 stingley and we haven't we've seen injured Derek stingley now i think he is just going to protect his body now and he is going to just get himself right he is going to rehab and focus on the draft now he is super talented he's got great instincts i think out of anyone on this list he's got the best instincts he's quick he's versatile he's powerful he can do it all he needs to be healthy and if you are an nfl fan and your team needs help in the secondary you should be praying that stingley does not play again this season but that also perhaps his stock falls a little bit so you can pick up a bargain yeah. because I think he's going to be fantastic. What what typically would happen in a situation like this, particularly given the chronology you've just outlined with uh, with what last season? So the strongest season on tape has been, what, 2019, right? Yeah. So two years, injury, absence, everything else, 
how much will that affect his draft stock? Oh, quite a bit. I think that if he was draft eligible after 2019, he'd have been a top five pick. He was that good. He's not only he's shown um, incredible ability, but it just had so much potential. Mm. And I think generally we as draft watchers feel that he's still got so much more to give. It's not like it's a serious injury. He's got a nagging injury and there's no pressure really on him to come back and play. Mm -hmm. LSU season is basically done. They're not going to do anything. He'll be thinking about the draft. Mm. So if you are, if you're if you are an NFL franchise and you're watching him right now, you should be happy sitting out. And as soon as the college season is over, you're going to be getting him in workouts. You're going to get him assessed by your doctors. And my feeling is he's going to be fine mm. in terms of the injury because he will have had the chance to rest it and not be forced into anything. So I, I like I say, I think all these guys could go top twenty, but he would have been top five, right? So you could get a steal. I think is what you're saying. Yes, Derek Stingley. All right, Andrew Booth, another corner from Clemson. Andrew Booth. Um, Sports Illustrated reading a, a piece, a mock draft they had on, sitting on their site, uh, had described him as a real playmaker. He's somebody that is um, uh, has a huge amount of upside in, in that respect. You know, it's often, I think, can be, you know, a misleading component of a corner that you've got a boom or bust player that is going to make the play force a turnover, highlight real stuff, but the other stuff we're not so worried about because they don't uh, do that. Is he yeah. one of kind of players? Is he, he, really, he really is. That's a really nice way of putting it. He he makes some spectacular plays sometimes. The way that he will, he will pluck the ball out of the air like a, like a top class wide receiver sometimes. It will be that it's, it's like he knows where the ball is going and he gets it. But then sometimes his tackling isn't great and i've seen it before where he's made the interception and then dropped the ball um because he's oh no it's nothing worse because he's not he's not protecting it you know he's kind of he's trying to make that he's trying to make that highlight play and he's holding it like a loaf of bread as looking at the jumbo tron as he's yeah, yeah exactly that stuff i think will get coached out of him yeah clemson have been disappointing this season but their defense has been pretty good mm. and he's been very consistent He's played well in basically every game. He's physical. He works hard. He is quite the competitor. And he's not like a crazy trash talker, but he gets, he gets riled up. Yeah, he sounds with, great. He's, he yeah. sounds like my favorite player. It'd be a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. Miami, please draft him. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Kaya Elam from Florida. Speaking of Miami, uh, tell us a, a little bit more about... Kair Elam is if uh, Andrew Booth is boom or bust, what's Elam? Um, well, he is he is a very like, kind of steady Eddie sort of player. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got he's got pedigree. Um, in 2013, his uncle Matt Elam was oh, dropped sure. in the first round. He was a bit of a bust. Matt Elam, uh, yeah, God, there's a blast from the past. Yeah, his dad played in the NFL as well. He just kind of bounced around. Um, I think he was drafted in like 05, 06 and just had a very average sort of sort of career. So he's got he's got good stock there. Hey, Ben, um, just just to dive in, as you were talking about Matt Elam, I thought, what's Matt Elam doing now? You might have looked him up, so you might know the answer. Do you know the answer? Have you looked him up? Um, I think he's playing in some weird league somewhere. I think he's yeah. still playing. Where's he playing? He's still playing. He's playing for the... <laughs> the- <laughs> I think it's a typo. It must be the Tuscan Sugar Skulls or the Tucson. Tucson, Tucson oh, Sugar Skulls. Oh, Tucson. Tucson Sugar Skulls. Yes. That the is Tucson that, Sugar Is that how Tucson spelled? I've never realized that. That is how Tucson, Arizona Tucson is spelled. Tucson, Arizona of the Indoor Football League. Okay, the Indoor Football League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yes i am i am aware of the i i love the names of wow like minor football and minor league baseball teams i cannot get enough of that so yeah a name like tucson sugar skulls will stick in my head that's i've got to say that's not a great career if you're a member of the Tucson Sugar Skulls, if you were a first round, if you're pick. a first rider. He did have some time in the CFL as well. He went to uh, the Rough Riders and then the DC Defenders, and then he's bounced into the Tucson Sugar Skulls. <laughs> I, I'll say this for him: he clearly loves the game and wants yeah, to keep right? playing. Want to keep playing? You know, I don't think he feels he's going to get back into the NFL, but he, he loves playing. Um, and Elam, the career uh, oh, got banged up as well. He tore his bicep. Yeah, yes yeah it was like i i think he had a really good rookie season or like That's a good right. rookie season and then yeah, it all yeah. kind of went downhill from there which mm. you know which happens um but yeah Kair Elam, mm. Elam, um he's i yeah like i said i think he's kind of like the, the steady eddie out of all of these um again super reliable he's he's fast he's done track and basketball he's he is he's a good all-rounder and something i like about him more than the others is how good he is in run coverage as well. And he will make really good tackles of like big, hefty running backs. He wraps up well. Um, he's not, he's not kind of the, he's not the playmaker that you would get with say booth, but he is one of the most reliable players who will go in the first round. I think another first round. God, you're, you weren't kidding. This is... Oh no, I consider these all to be first round guys in my that eyes. Century number five on your list, Ben. This is uh, Derion Kendrick, and he was at Clemson as a wide receiver, um, and he later left left Clemson. He was he was really good at Clemson, left to go to Georgia, um, where he has again been good. I mean, he's been reliable. He wasn't quite he's not been quite spectacular. And if you look at his stats, you feel like oh, his numbers are really down on where he was at Clemson. But there's a there's a reason for this. The Georgia defense is ridiculous so they uh, georgia keep beating people so badly that they quite quickly put in the second and third string uh defense and offense so he's not on the field as much the first string offense for the university of georgia has allowed one touchdown all season one wow and generally first string defense for the the first string defense yes so they're allowing points in garbage time where they're making sure the third string guys are getting 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 plays which is great yeah yeah um but the ball tends not to come near Darion kendrick because quarterbacks cannot throw the ball when they are playing against georgia they are just getting hit and pressured and the ball's just going anywhere so he's not having a lot to do but he just doesn't do anything (laughs) wrong he can play he can play zone or man he's good at tackling his coverage is fantastic he is he's very he's like what i love is the fact that he was devastated when he was told to uh change to cornerback and he really didn't want to do it and he knuckled down and he became an all acc Mm. uh cornerback is there? He's, he's a team that has a very good chance of winning the national championship. He's just got on with it. Some of those wide receivers who convert to cornerbacks, they just have a better eye for the ball, I think, mm-hmm. because of the way they the way they're used to approaching the ball. So he's he's not as good against the run as some of the others, but he is a really reliable cornerback. And this is the thing: is that a few years back, maybe he'd be a second round guy, mm-hmm. but I think the premium placed on the cornerbacks means that he's going to be he's going to be a first rounder. 
Loving that. Five names to look out for. All first rounders, uh, quite probably, Ben thinks. So we'll keep an eye on that. We'll keep an eye on We'll obviously do other positions, other players, and keep coming back and checking in as well uh, as the college season plays out and see how these individuals are progressing because that, of course, will affect their draft stock. Yes, absolutely, because it is changing so much. I mean, if Derek Stingley decides to come back and has a couple of big games, all of a sudden people might talk of him as like a top five guy again. Right. Or he might come back get hurt mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he's like a second round guy so fine lines let's get into a couple of these questions and then we'll pick uh look at your picks of uh, the action this weekend so richard moorcroft uh thanks for this richard at the nc show is is how you get in touch with us on twitter uh indeed on all social channels not on tiktok yet still still <laughs> hasn't watched the wire still not on tiktok this is ollie i mean that we've got to have words ben it's just getting yeah. out of control if you're too young to have watched the wire you are the perfect age to be on tiktok yeah. you can't have one without the other exactly there's not even a plan there's not even a tiktok strategy <laughs> for the show at the moment uh richard is Jaden waddle oh i love this question is uh, waddle the new ted ginn in my no opinion? no eddie gin and tonic uh, no. who of course was a seventh overall pick i want to say ah uh, right Jalen Jalen waddle needs to just be given more of an opportunity um he's not been able to make it happen much this season but as anyone who will listen to our NFL preview show that hopefully they listened to yesterday, they will know that we are not hot on this Dolphins team. And it's no. much more about the opportunities he's getting. I don't really want to see Jalen. What I know people have been talking about it a lot and they want, they want him to be returning um, punts and kicks or whatever. I don't want him anywhere near special teams. I want to just build him up as a wide receiver. I don't think he's a Ted Ginn. Although Ted Ginn had a decent career. He lasted a while, made a lot of money. I think he's a lot better than Ted Ginn. Also, I know Ted Ginn didn't work out in, in Miami. But Ted Ginn had an incredible career. Yeah, he I mean, found well, his Well, I should overstating it. Incredible is very overstating it. He had a, a really, really impressive career. Yeah, I think it's, it's difficult sometimes because when you're drafted and you're expected to be a certain type of player mm. and he wasn't that player, um, I think he got like 40 sunny career touchdowns, yeah. which isn't too bad, but he played a long time. So it wasn't like, to me, it's his longevity. Played 13 um, years in the NFL, right? And yeah, it, it, we were talking about this in relation to Cordell Patterson, right? And mm. uh, to an extent, although he had a, you know, he did have an extraordinary career, Devin Hester. When you're coming in as a, a a special team specialist, a returner in particular, and you're acing that, it's it's sometimes difficult to get the credibility as a receiver. And I know that that's dependent on how capable you are as a receiver as well. But even like McCall Hardman, right? You know, we, I, I think that there is an issue here. I know Ginn was brought in not to be that, mm. to be a number one receiver. But then, of course, he, as his career rolled out, he became much more a specialist, didn't he? A return specialist. But he took his numbers, five 5,800 receiving yards, 33 touchdowns. Uh, return yards almost 10,000. So, yeah, I mean, fair play. He's made a yeah, and, change as well. And to me, to me, the big thing is, like you say, he played in the NFL for 13 years. Mm. That is not easy in a position where you're getting hit a lot as well. Plus, we can get him maybe as the... I was thinking, maybe I would go with the with the, the head coach in the college team in our back-to-school reboot. Oh, <laughs> I, would de- I, would, I would definitely at least get him in for casting. Yeah, um, let's speak to these people and see <laughs> what we can do. I think he'd be. I think he'd be good. Uh, here's one. 
from David Edmund. Uh, thanks for your question too, David. Do you think it's time to open up the playbook for Mac Jones? He's played excellently so far, really accurate with great poise, but the play calling is very conservative. So Mac Jones's first five NFL starts, what are you made of, of how he's faring and uh, how the Patriots are using him? Ben? Um, I think they're using him exactly as they should. I don't think they want to open up the playbook too much. I don't think we want to expose his ceiling, which is not as high as the other the other quarterbacks who were drafted around him. And that's fine because he was the fifth out of those quarterbacks, which is fair. Talent-wise, that's where he would be. He's an intelligent player. He understands the playbook so well. He's got Bill Belichick, for God's sake. This is, it's unfair how much of an advantage he's got. <laughs> but he does have a lower ceiling. And I think what we're seeing, for, I'm not saying that we're not going to see an improvement from Mac Jones and that what you see now is all you're ever going to get. But we're not going to see him making the sort of plays that even, even I expect to see from Zach Wilson. And I, I kind of prefer Mac Jones in a, in a lot of ways, but he can't do what the others can do. And he knows that. And Bill Belichick knows that. And Mac Jones follows the playbook perfectly. He executes perfectly. Bill Belichick knows what he wants. I think we're seeing, we're, I'm, we're seeing exactly what I expected from Mac Jones. And I don't think we're going to see any craziness. I think what's working now is going to work in the future. Okay, love that. Thanks for your questions. I like this. Uh, I like this mailbag section of this. Mm, so it is questions good. About, rookie watch. Yeah, rookie watch. That's what we're going to call it. We're going to call it rookie watch. Uh, so questions about rookies in the NFL right now, but also if you've got questions about players we've been talking about, about prospects coming through, or indeed uh, college teams themselves, fire them in at the NC show. Don't think it doesn't have to be all NFL questions that come in so fire those mm-hmm. in and get into them get into them in a new, brand new all new mailbag section on college days hey before we get out of dodge ben three games to look at this weekend take us through them. so cincinnati versus ucf is is one i want to draw attention to that's a um, five o'clock on espn player ucf have been the standard bearers in terms of teams outside the group of five challenging and now it is all about Cincinnati. Cincinnati are currently ranked in the top four. If they finish season in the top four, that will be incredible. They will make the playoff. They deserve to be. They deserve to be in that top four right now. I don't think UCF are going to beat them, but if you've not had the chance to watch Cincinnati, here's your chance to watch them. They've got a decent quarterback, Desmond Ritter. Some people would say better than decent. I would say decent right now until proven otherwise. But I think you want to get on the Cincinnati bandwagon because if they make the playoffs, you want to at least have seen them once and you can tell your friends, oh, you know, that game against UCF, they really made a statement <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. So this is, this is your chance. And then if you've watched that five, that's on ESPN player, then you've got Georgia versus Kentucky at 8.30 on ESPN on BT Sport. Georgia are an absolute juggernaut right now. I don't see anybody beating Georgia until the playoffs, I'll be honest. But Kentucky are really interesting. Kentucky... Um, is not a school that has generally thrived at football. Basketball, yes, mm-hmm. but not football. But they're 6-0. and They beat Florida at home for the first time in a, in a generation. And they are absolutely rolling. I expect Georgia to win, but this is probably their toughest test of the season so far. And it'll be interesting to see, are they just going to blow them out? If they mm. blow them out, then my word, everyone should be terrified. I mean, even Alabama lost to Texas A&M last, last week, unranked Texas A&M at that. Georgia with a clear number one. Mm. But if someone's going to push them right now, 
it's probably Kentucky. So I also want to see how do Kentucky do against a really, really good team? Are they for real? Because we were talking about if a team doesn't get into the playoff but wins the SEC, for example, then a massive bowl game is a hell of a big deal for them. If Kentucky mm-hmm. can make it into the Sugar Bowl, they, you know, they'll be that team will dine on that for a generation. Legendary team, right. And then, so that's 8.30. So then you're presumably, well, I know you, Ben, you've got a mini fridge full of beers right yeah. next to your Lazy Boy, right? So you'll be you moving at all? Um, uh, I, tr- I mean, I, the, the snacks tend to stay in the kitchen, but mm. um, for bathroom, me then... Bathroom breaks or... <laughs> well, I mean, it, if you've got enough bottles around you, then you don't... <laughs> so... As your nightcap at midnight, yeah. Mississippi State versus Alabama. And to be honest, this is all this one is all about Alabama. Mm. Um, and I apologize for having two SEC games here, but that's just the way it, it worked out. I I really want to see what Alabama can do because Mississippi, uh, Mississippi State are okay, but Alabama losing to Texas AM was a shock. Now, Texas AM are a good team. This isn't like losing to an absolute bunch of nobodies, but Texas AM were unranked at the time. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that Alabama haven't lost to an unranked team in 15 years. Wow. This is not saying that happens. What happens? Um, I think they just got found out. I think they have not been good enough on offense and defense. And they've been, they've kind of scraped through some games where because mm. it's Alabama, we've given them the benefit of the doubt of like, oh, they had an off day. But I think they didn't have an off day. They are just by their own standards, just not that good. They're still better than most teams, but they're just not that good. If they lose Mississippi State, then it will feel like the sky is falling in. Mississippi State are pretty good. They're three and two. It's either a really good time to be facing Alabama because you've seen how they've been exposed, or it's a really bad time right. and they are going to absolutely throttle Mississippi State. But it'll be interesting to watch because if Alabama lose, the consequences for everyone will be bad. Apart from Nick Saban, he's bulletproof. He's fine. Uh, yes, indeed. Northern uh, would not want to be in the locker room after that game if they lose back to back with Nick Saban. Because uh, no. I think Saban might be, rather than a kind of ranty, shouting, throwing stuff around, really, really just fixing you with that glare. And <gasps> well, it was interesting after the doesn't need words. No, after the game um, that they lost to Texas A and M, when he came out onto the podium, instead of kind of like screaming and shouting, he was he basically said, "Yeah, my team got what they deserve because they're not good enough. They're not good enough." <laughs> that's that's why it was. He was, was kind of withering clinical, clinical. Yeah. oh man i'm not angry oh, i'm disappointed that light of fire with saving <laughs> brilliant stuff ben loving your work as ever college days will roll all through the season you can count on that and as we mentioned a little bit earlier on in the show our week six almost said week five weeks mm. preview show uh, including jags dolphins what are we talking charges ravens as well uh bears packers bears packers well of course with you in the house bit of bills titans too so all of that on the preview show plus we'll get into the john gruden story in a little bit more detail so all happening there plus edge rush dropping a bit later on this week too me and propo quite a few of the games that we don't cover on the preview show we cover on edge rush uh, and we had a, i've got to say oh we had a uh, oh uh, we, we had me and i had a good week last week on edge rush and we've got to take our opportunity to to let our listeners know about that because they don't happen that often mm. so mm. we uh we were kind of on a roll I, i've got to say uh so we've got a, the pressure is on now we're a little bit it's a bit like it's a bit like texas a&m 
after, after yes we would be unseated <laughs> <laughs> the big dogs what are we going to do next so uh make sure you check in uh with us on that keep your questions coming in as well we're going to keep the mailbag rolling as we uh officially defined on the show earlier uh, in it and uh yeah i want more movie reboots ben so get thinking about more mm-hmm. Rodney dangerfield-esque reboots yeah, I'm going to get on the phone to Rodney Dieterfield's agents, see if we can get him uh, reanimated. Oh, <laughs> amazing. I like the sound of that. Brilliant stuff, Ben. Look after yourself. Check it soon. Yeah, speak to you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.